When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Bruce Arians is talking about Wayne Gabbert to Tampa Bay Times. Jake, you want to hear what you have to say? Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is a quote now. People may not like the overall record, but Blaine had eight head coaches and eight coordinators in his first eight years. Aaron's not wrong about that. We've seen a lot of guys move. That really does affect a guy's play. Yes, that's true. He beat Jacksonville their best year and beat Tennessee their big year for us in Arizona. He's been in the system now. I don't have a problem there. And let Kyle continue to grow. Either one, meaning either Kyle Trask or, or, or Blaine Gabbert, either one, says Bruce Arians. Gabbert has never played with a team this good. He's got all the respect in the locker room he can have. Since joining Tampa Bay, Blaine Gabbard has been limited to mop-up duty, of course, behind Tom Brady. The most he played was in a 47-7 win at Detroit in 2020. He went 9-15 for 142 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions. That's a nice little outing. Here is uh, something from Mort, Chris Mortensen, of course. Um, Bruce Arians professed his belief, that Bruce Arians professed his belief in Blaine Gabbard is no surprise. Well, all right. He look, you know, I think that there's a sense that, well, let, let me continue that, especially with the Bucks roster. Now, here's your hypothetical to ponder. The Bucks take a shot at the Sean Watson and believe Gabbert can keep them competitive if Watson has to serve any suspension. Key, when, when Mort, you know, uh, is kind of speculating. It's not like me speculating. He talks to a lot of people. So I look at that and think, huh, is, is that what they're thinking? It could be in hypothetical terms. Um, you know, maybe there's through passing somebody said, you know, I really wish that situation with Deshaun Watson was clear. And then you just follow it and listen to it and form your own intelligent opinion based on hypothetical. And I think that's what Mark is certainly doing right there, which makes all the sense in the world. But here's what I'm going to say, man. I don't give a damn how great Bruce Arians think he is as a coach. You can't fix that. Blaine Gabbard is a lifetime backup in the National Football League, man. He's a backup for a reason. He was selected as the first round out of Missouri, but he ain't not like that. He's just not. He, as, as Stephen A. would say, lies, 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 lies. <laughs> He lying. He don't even believe lies, his own lies. Lies, lies, and more lies. Wayne Gabbard, come on, man, stop. But see, Keith, this, this, this is surely from the fan perspective. I don't know Bruce Arians. I make my assessments based upon what I read, what I hear from players from time to time. But it was almost like just to tie the things together. It's, I don't really believe things that come out of Bruce Arians' mouth anyway, right? It's like when he was like, "Oh yeah, Tom would definitely be back," and he's like, "Well, I'm not sure Tom would be back." So like, just hearing him waffle on that. And then, like, when there's something that's so obvious, like, when you're like, oh, yeah, we're good with what we have blank. I'm like, what? Like, 
I know that there's something like called building up your your players and making them believe in you. But what if he, what if Bruce Arians believes in himself to that degree? Like because first of all, we've yeah, seen it. Got, the, you you got to be foolish, then Max. I hate that's to what cut I'm you saying. off. But why, you got to be we, foolish. We, we've why do you, you don't even need to say that publicly, yourself. though, Max? Like why 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 say anything? Well, normally when when a GM or a coach with juice or an owner of a team comes out and says that it's because they have something in mind they're working on on the side. That's why, like, you know, I, I brought this up yesterday. Bubba Crosby was like a triple-A type center fielder for the Yankees. He had a little, you know, he was like a little backup. He got a cup of coffee in the majors. And I remember going into one season, Brian Cashman, the GM's like, hey, we're good if we start with, if he's our starting center fielder, which is a joke, right? And, I mean, like, of course not. Sure enough, they went out and signed Johnny Damon, right? That, there's sometimes when they don't want to play themselves in the market, they don't want to, you know, put themselves at a disadvantage in a negotiation, they pretend one thing when they're really going to do another. I, they, they can't okay. be serious about Blaine Gabbard as a starting quarterback. I don't, I don't see how that could be. And by the way, even if it worked and Bruce Arians was right, guys, let's say I, I, Blaine Gabbard, I mean, but let's just say. I'm like, wait, I mean, what? Bruce Arians is, is arrogant enough, though, Max, to say, when he was asked if he could win with another quarterback besides James Winston, he said, another quarterback? Oh, yeah. If we can win with this one, we can definitely win with another one, too. We're going yeah, to have because, this defense. He's arrogant. He thinks he can yes, win with anyone because, except wait, for James Winston. But, but hold say, on, though. Hold on, Evan. Repeat what you just said that he said. Another quarterback? Oh, yeah. If we can win with this one, we can definitely win with another one, too. I would say the same damn thing if I knew I was getting Tom Brady at the time. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. You're working on something. No, no. Hold on. (laughs) Max, hold on. Max just said something there. Say it, Max. You're working on something. Exactly. Jason Light worked with Tom Brady in in New England. You don't think Tom Brady knew before he left New England he was going to Tampa. If you think anything other than that, you stupid too, Evan. But here's the thing. Now we don't need to start calling each other names. Oh, no, Evan knows what I'm saying. Here's the thing about it, though. Even if Arians is right, and and to this extent, Key, whatever his delusions of grandeur are, let's say he's right in the sense that he looks at Gabbert and says, this is a reclamation project that can work, right? Like Ryan Tannehill. My point is, Ryan Tannehill is like a best-case scenario for that dude. He's not good enough. They need a better quarterback. That's why you speculated, Key, hey, maybe Tennessee could grab Aaron Rodgers. That would put him over the top. Even if he's right about Gabbert, and he turns out to be the next Tannehill, they're going to need more than that, Jay. Jay, they're going to need more. J.K., you got that lost for words. I got, huh? I got nothing to say on this, man. I, I, I honestly, I'm not checked out of a lot of conversation. This one, I, got, I, I told y'all how I feel about Bruce Aarons to a degree. And, 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 and on top of that, remember, Tannehill started as a backup. He didn't even start as – he didn't even come in to the season that year as a starter. Mm. He took over for Marcus Mariota and started to play well enough and got him into the playoffs, and they said, well, okay, we can run with it. Blaine Gabbert – did not take over for Tom Brady. Blaine, if, if Bruce Arians, as, as Evan said, is arrogant enough to think that he can fix something and win with something that nobody was able to win with, including himself, again in Arizona when he was in Arizona he, as the backup. He, can I just tell you something? I kind of believe he is. I kind of like I, – I hear what you guys are saying on, on Misdirection and Jason Lye and everything, and they're working on something, but there is a part of me that truly and firmly believes that this is something that B.A. would say and mean it. 
You know, seventeen game season now. He's no, don't change say, the subject. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Do you see let's it? Say, do you, yeah, yeah. Let's is, say. is it out of probability that this is something that? Do any of you guys rule it out that Bruce Arians potentially actually believes what he just said? Yeah, but no, he I'm, don't believe it. I'm trying not to give you chance. an example of what he might mean, though. Like, let's say Jay in a seventeen game season, he goes out with Blaine Gabbert and wins nine games, and they're competitive for the playoffs throughout the season, whether or not they let's say they don't they just miss out on a wild card, but they win nine games with Blaine Gabbert. I think Bruce Arians would look at that as many would as like that's kind of a win. You didn't even go out and get another quarterback, and you were able to be a winning team, right? Wouldn't you get some credit for that? But, like, what but are the standards? Now, I, wasting, I hear but I, you guys talk about wasting. misdirection and they're working on something. Like, why, why, why would you even say it like that? Well, because more there's, speculated there's, about Deshaun, that's why. Yeah, but you still don't need to give back in the blame and make it that way. Like, it still sounds slightly. But if you're working on something yeah, on the you side. Gotta, you got to, you know how, you, Jay, if anything, you know how somebody would throw something one way and make you go left and right, go right. 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 That's well, all misdirection. Misdirection. It's a little, little. Little play action fake on you. You're gonna yeah. follow that and go, oh, they're gonna go with Blaine Gravin. Meanwhile, they over there trying to untangle the uh the 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 Derek Carr situation but, in, in Las Vegas. But why do you need to say anything about that though, Key? Like you just move in silence. Like wh- why try to give misdirection just, for something that regardless the question like, was asked if I'm sure the question was asked if he can win with Blaine Gabbert. And he gave them the kudos. That's what you do as yeah, a coach. Yeah, play action depends on how well you sell it, right? So yeah, you got to sell it. He get ready to stick the ball in the belly and pull it out. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the defender going to bite, and he going to throw it right over your head. The moment that you think it's one thing, Jay, is going another Jay, direction. I got you, too. I'm just saying, if, if, if that don't work out, he's stuck with playing garbage. Jay, I got you. They're Jay. like, all right, make it work. You said it. Jay, I got you. You said it. I got you. The reason it's such good misdirection, the reason he's got you right now, is because of Bruce Arians, because you, it's, it's believable to you. No, I think Bruce Arians is the type of dude who really does think it would work with, with Blaine Gabbert. It makes it easier for him to sell. He's using that because it's easier for him to sell it That's to you. That's a valid statement. That's about – Man, y'all going to look up and he's going to have like Russell Wilson starting at quarterback or something. Yeah. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get a Super Bowl champion in here. Wade Phillips with us. Good morning, Coach. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Coach. What up, Wade? Good. Hey, Key. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. Well, that's good, man. It's real good. Yeah, we won the Super Bowl, and uh, and we, uh, we're we going to Minnesota. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Your son is heading down to Minnesota. How, how did you feel seeing him win the Super Bowl now? He gets a big, giant promotion and headed to Minnesota. Yeah, it was exciting for us and the family and, uh, you know, obviously glad for everybody with the Rams uh, and and Wes being a part of that. So, and, and I mean, everybody knows how, or I think everybody knows how hard it is to win the Super Bowl. So, uh, it, it's pretty exciting for our family. You know, the, the, the thing that I looked at in this whole Minnesota Rams situation is very similar to what Sean McVay did uh, with you when he brought you in as a former head coach, defensive coordinator, and uh, he's doing the same thing in Minnesota with Ed Donatel. How do you think that thing's going to work out? Well, I hope it works out well. <laughs> They've got a good offensive coordinator. I know that. So I think Wes will do well there. and uh, They've got some good players on offense. So uh, their defense uh, wasn't very good. So uh, I think Ed will help with that. 
What type of aspirations does your son have to follow in your footsteps as a head as a head coach in the future? Well, I mean, uh, this is part of the process. I mean, if you get to be an offensive coordinator and do well, obviously you have a chance to be a head coach. So, uh, you know, there aren't very many of them. There aren't very many opportunities. And then even when you get them, they're hard to keep. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's pretty neat that, that he's an, a coordinator uh, like myself and my dad. And hopefully he'll be a head coach like, like uh, both of us. So it'll be it's a great family kind of family tradition. Coach Phillips, you you were in the Rams staff, uh, Sean McVay's first defensive coordinator with the Rams for three seasons. What did you see in him that has resulted in two Super Bowl appearances and one Super Bowl victory in five seasons as a head coach? Well, right when I went in, I knew that he was he was special. Uh, he's he's got great communication skills and. Uh, uh, and football knowledge, and of course his offense has um, really taken the league over. I mean, people have copied what he's done uh, throughout the league, and uh, and and we see that every week. So, uh, just you know, he was a special guy that that uh, um, you know we went to the Super Bowl quickly. Now we didn't we didn't we didn't score for three points in that game, but but uh, uh, he had. He's had a top offense since he's been there, so you know I think I think that's the key. Is is you know you got to have a great offense too. I mean, people say defenses win championships, but offenses seem to be uh, the ones that are on top right now. Wade Phillips with us, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Coach. Um, have I know this puts you in a little bit of an awkward position because it, it makes you talk about yourself in a flattering way, right? But but. I do think it was really important when you were brought in with a super young head coach. You need an older coach with gravitas, who has respect around the league, who's experienced, who knows what he's doing. And that seemed to many to be the right move, and it turned out to be the right move. Can you explain how that dynamic works when you have a young, hotshot coach and you, you know, the kind of staff you bring in, especially someone like yourself – who is so experienced? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, like you say, I don't. I, uh, I don't. I don't see it as me. Certainly, I see, see it as Sean being the one. I, I do think uh, any offensive coach uh, needs to bring in a defensive coach that can, can help them. Uh, you know, uh, the team hadn't won, so uh, when we got there, and it certainly takes an offense and a defense, so. Uh, you know, I help I help the defensive part, but but it, it it's you know Sean's gone on to win a Super Bowl since then, so it's 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 really not me, it's it's him. Coach, uh, rumors are out there circulating. I'm not saying that I believe this, but I have to ask you. This is my journalistic integrity. Would you would you think it's feasible that Sean McVay could step away from the game of football? To get in the booth and start calling games and being a, being a broadcaster? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that. I, I uh, uh, I'd, I'd speculate like everybody else. I mean, I know he loves football, and obviously, he's, <laughs> you know, I, I'd want to come back and see if I could win it again if I were him. But you know, which you know, which hadn't been done so in a long, long time. So, 
I'd be surprised if he left, but, you know, that's his decision, certainly. Hmm. Wade Phillips, former NFL head coach, Super Bowl 50 champion as the defensive coordinator for a stingy Denver Broncos defense is joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, having experienced what you did as a Cowboys head coach and being there with Jerry Jones and having let been let go by Jerry Jones and at the time Jason Garrett was on your staff and he was promoted from offensive coordinator to the head coach and was there several years. And now Mike McCarthy kind of is in the same predicament that you were once in with Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator and Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator on his staff. And then on top of that, Sean Payton hovering around the Texas area and may get back <laughs> into coaching in 2023. How, how do you view that when you are a coach coaching a team but you got three guys kind of mentioning, not them mentioning, but being mentioned as your potential replacement. How do you coach through that? Well, coaching, <laughs> that's part of coaching, uh, especially in the NFL. You know, the, the NFL, not for long, uh, you know, and two kinds of coaches, ones that have been fired and ones that are going to be fired. So, uh, <laughs> You know that's just the that's just the way of life and and the NFL and coaching is. So there's always speculation, uh, no matter where you are, no matter how successful you are. Uh, you know, if you don't have a great season, you know you're in trouble wherever you are. So uh, that that hadn't changed for a long time. Mm. It hasn't, but it does feel like after so long where year in and year out it feels like we look at the Cowboys in particular and say, wow, that roster's loaded. This is the year. They're always something. This is the year only one team can win the Super Bowl. But it does seem like, even in spite of good records, once the Cowboys get to the playoffs, it has been difficult to get wins in the playoffs. And people look at the constant. And the constant there is Jerry Jones and think, well, maybe the ego is getting in the way of them winning in the playoffs. Can you speak to that at all? Oh, I, I, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jerry treated me well when I was there. I, I, you know, uh, he paid me for every day I worked, and I worked every day, you know, f- for him. So, uh, and an owner has the right. You know, Jerry Jones let <laughs> – uh, let a coach go when they won it, when he won the Super <laughs> Bowl. Point, so yeah. uh, it's not unusual there to to see a coach, uh, you know, being fired with with the Cowboys. So uh, you know, it, but it, it, it's throughout the league. You know, it's not just him. So uh, you know, it's part of what what you live with when you coach uh, coach anywhere, but mo- mostly in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's Wade Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen, his son Wes is the new offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings with new head coach Kevin O'Connell. Appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning. Thanks a lot, you Coach. You bet. Thanks, always, Coach. Always good. Hate, hate to leave California, but, but uh, hey, don't we but all. I know you can Wes will do well. You can come on back. <laughs> don't we, we got all. plenty of room. That warm weather will still be there waiting for you, Coach. Well, it's warm down here in Houston, so I'm all right. Thanks. That's it. <laughs> 
It's like when, <laughs> when Key talks about in his career. I never, I didn't want to go here, but I would go there. I noticed wherever it was cold, he didn't want to go. They had a good team, but I don't I know. There was something oh, yeah. about it I didn't he like. play with Brett Favre. Nah. What about the team in Florida or Texas or Southern California? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I like those teams. Um, well, well, you'll be a damn fool, Max, to want to freeze. I'm not criticizing you, brother. I'm just describing reality. <laughs> you'll be like, ah. They can go play in the North Pole. No, I'm good. They're going to give you a billion dollars. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. They'll give you 100000 to go to Florida. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, I'll go wherever the dough is. That's, <laughs> they'll go to the moon. Pay me enough. <laughs> Tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. The Nets start their push for the NBA title, or the World Championship. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. No, it's great. Obviously, it'd be, be great for, for us to, to have Kyrie available for all our games. Having said that, you know, it's not really in our control. So. Brother's a showstopper. He's a superstar. Everything always hinges on Kyrie. They used to say of Tony Bennett, he has the best pipes in the business, right? Sinatra was super, super hot. Bennett has the best pipes in the business. Well, we're joined right now in Keyshawn J. Will and Max by the Tony Bennett of the sports uh, broadcasting industry. Best pipes in the compliment. business. compliment. Listen to this Nick Friedel. It's unbelievable. So much ESPN pressure on Nets reporter. Hello. Just say hello. Say hello, stay, Everyone please, will see please, what come. I mean. Hello, everybody. Oh! That's like a Jim Nance type voice. That is a, hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> Nick Friedel giving you the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Here is Steve Nash at the Nets uh, press con at the Nets presser, head coach of the Nets, of course, by the way, Hall of Fame uh, point guard, two-time MVP, Steve Nash, uh, on how the vaccine mandate changes will affect Kyrie if there are, in fact, the changes that Mayor uh, Eric Adams says is coming. No, it's great. Obviously, it'd be, be great for, for us to, to have Kyrie available for all our games. Having said that, you know, it's not really in our control, so uh, we'll leave it up to the mayor and, uh, and, and 
wait patiently. He's working towards being able to play in every game. Uh, so if the mandate is lifted, the expectation would be that he can play in all our games. Um, I think that's what he's been waiting for and what he's excited about. And uh, if the opportunity arises, you know, the, the plan and the goal is for him to play every night. If Kyrie is able to come back, what position does that put the Nets in moving forward? If he can come back and play, Jay, they believe they can win the title. It's that cut and dry. When you talk to <clears throat> their players and their coaches, this is a group that says, forget what happened for the first two-thirds of this year. You get Kyrie back. You get Ben Simmons in the fold. KD's coming back here in the next couple games. You add Goran Dragic, and you have a, a strong veteran core behind them. Their confidence is such that I've never seen a team at this point of the year with this kind of record that believes, hey, we're going to turn it on. Kevin's coming back. He'll lead us, and we'll get there. So a lot of people are speculating if he's going to play on March 10th is when they play their game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Danny Green, uh, 76ers power forward, he's really a small forward, let's be honest, inside the green room with Danny Green podcast said, said this, and I want you to react to it. Interesting dynamic yes. of how things went down. Interesting dynamic of who went with him. I don't know. I haven't got a chance to talk to those guys yet, but I know they weren't on the most of cordial terms when he was in Philly with Drum and Seth. Um, so I wonder how that relationship is now. I got a chance to talk to them. Now, will we shake hands to start? Probably not. First, I'd be highly sh- surprised if he even plays in that game. I don't know where his health is mentally, physically, and I don't. we all know that he does not like to play in Philly. But say that does happen. I see it as being a very hectic, playoff-like atmosphere, environment, to where it may be very rough for him. So, Nick, is there any word on what Ben Simmons' relationship is with the Nets team, specifically when Danny is referring to Seth Curry and Andre Drummond? The interesting part of how the whole Simmons deal went down, Jay, is the Nets have gone out of their way to say repeatedly, we are going to make him feel comfortable. And they're going to do that by having Patty Mills, who he's known for years and years because of their ties to Australia basketball, and having Kyrie really say to everybody else, we got him. If we want the best out of Ben Simmons, we need to make sure that he feels comfortable in and out of the locker room. So while his relationship with Drummond and Seth may have some, some fixing to do, given what happened in Philly, the Nets aren't worried about that because the Nets are saying we have two veteran guys who are well-respected in that room who are going to go out of their way to do anything they can to make Ben Simmons feel like he is a whole part of this team. I'd even put that together, Nick. Like, you know, Kyrie's dad played in Australia professionally. Exactly. Patty Mills from Australia. I'd even put that together. Patty Mills said the other day, Jay, that he has known Ben Simmons since they were in primary school, which is the Australian equivalent of elementary school. Wow. So when you add those two, plus KD saying, hey, we're here to win. We believe in you. We know that you have a next level that you can hit. The Nets are completely confident that the issues that surrounded the departure, especially in those last couple of years in Philly, won't be the same issues in Brooklyn. So, Nick, when you look at it, and he he's scheduled to, to get back on the court, I believe, what is it, the 8th of March. Will he play on the 10th in Philadelphia, or will he bow out? He being Ben Simmons. Keith, it remains to be seen, and this is what I would tell you, even being around the last couple of days and seeing the way they've got 
him working out. Annette said flatly he didn't go through practice yesterday the same way Kevin did as he's rehabbing, and we're able to watch the last 15 minutes or so when we go into the gym. You go and look on the far basket, and there's Ben Simmons working with, of all people, Kyle Korver, who has become kind of a, a roving assistant for the organization over the last year and a guy that Sean Marks and his staff trust completely to help a lot of the younger players with their own shot. So whether or not he plays in Philly remains to be seen. But I think the key to remember here is they're going to let Ben Simmons come to them and say, I feel comfortable. I feel ready to go out there. And when you have a guy like Corver who has hit some big shots in his career and knows the mechanics of what needs to happen in a jump shot, when you see him breaking it all the way down and you're allowing for the, the idea that, that you've got plenty of time, not only this year, but in the years to come, you're mm-hmm. not going to let Ben Simmons go out there unless he feels comfortable about what he can do. So I know there's a lot of focus on that Philly game, but the Nets are playing the long game here, and they believe that they can get Simmons to a better place mentally before he even hits the floor. So uh, yesterday, Nick, talking to Nick Friedel right here, Nets reporter, ESPN Radio, Keyshawn J. Willemax, um, I mentioned on this very program that later on in the day, I was going to reveal my top five finals MVP candidates, right? And I thought it was going to be a big, sexy, hot take. Everyone would be like, what? At number five, I had John ja Morant. Because I think it's ch- there's a chance Memphis can actually make the finals. Jay gets up, walks across the hall to get up, and his bold prediction, he stole my thunder. Because not only did he say, yeah, they have a shot. He said, he's all in. They're going to make the NBA finals. It's a reflection of how good, young, deep, talented that team is, is and how good John Moran is. Is Jay, you might say, I'm, I'm a, but is Jay off his rocker to say those guys are going to the finals? And Nick, before you answer that, that is the world's best teaser because we're going to go to break. And when we come back for our next segment, you are going to be that person to answer my craziness. Oh. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. No, it's great. Obviously, it'd be, be great for 
for us to, to have Kyrie available for all our games. Having said that, you know it's not really in our control. So. Brother's a showstopper. He's a superstar. Everything always hinges on Kyrie. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, and still with us, you will be hearing the dulcet tones of Nick Friedel. Nick, when will we see? I know we teased whether Jay is crazy about Memphis. I'm not. I, I thought it was my hot take, but now it's, he's he's. I stole it. Stole it. Um, but first, when were, when are we going to see KD return? It's not tonight against the Celtics. It's probably not against Milwaukee on Saturday. I think it'll be early next week, Max. And having watched Kevin over the years, if he's going through practice and he's getting all those reps in, it's only a matter of time. He looked pretty good in the brief scenes that we saw yesterday, but I would expect him at the latest early next week. Mm. Okay. Now back Um, to my crazy take. Yeah, so Memphis, I say there's a chance. Jay says it's a lock. Are either or both of us crazy? (laughs) Well, we got Dumb and Dumber going on here. Like, you're saying there's a chance. Or smart and smarter. Uh, having watched Memphis, their time is coming. There is no team that has given the Warriors, and that's where I started the year, more problems than a tough Memphis team. Having said that, Jay, I still think it's a year too early. They said about okay. the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I, and and I don't, But I don't think it's crazy. I do okay. not think it's crazy. Okay. Ja is that good and getting better, that young core, and I think this part is crucial. There's no fear. So when you watch them, they play like a team that knows how good they are and knows how good they can still become. Nick, that's the only thing that makes me think that it's really possible, right? Number one, people don't recognize this battle that they have with the Golden State Warriors. They didn't allow them to get into the playoffs last year. Now, I know that adds ammunition, but all these dudes feel like they rise to the level of their competition. They don't play down to the level. And CP3 being out with that hand injury, 68 weeks, I think the Suns can still sustain, but I, they lose a lot with that. So I just I feel like there's a chance. Real question, though. Who's dumb or who's dumber here? Which one? Come on. <laughs> I'm bold and he's bolder. And now I need blue? qualification. <laughs> who's Harry? Yes. Who's Tell me. I need does answers, it, Does Nick. it really matter? It, it does to me, Key. Uh, I, All right, don't answer that. Key, next question. Yeah, uh, Key, what you got? <laughs> I think both of them. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Hey, it's different when you say it. <laughs> you know? Um, when, you, when you look at a team out west, for instance, and you got the Suns missing Chris Paul a little bit here for the next, what is it, six to eight weeks or something like that? So he's going to miss a significant amount of time. And then you got Golden State. Well, is Phoenix going to, by missing Chris Paul, are they going to miss out on something special? I don't think so because as of now, he's not going to miss any postseason time. If you told me that he was going to be missing into the playoffs key, that's one thing. But the Suns are so good and they are so deep that I think they can find a way for – this next month and a half. The the bigger issue to me isn't even so much Chris Paul and the Suns. It's Draymond and the Warriors. If Draymond does not come back at that same level, because the reports are good, Draymond's rehab is going well, they expect him back at some point here in the next few weeks. But if he's not playing like the defensive player of the year that he was early in the season before he got hurt, the Warriors can't do it. So as much focus as there is on Paul and the Suns, the much larger issue to me in the context of the Western Conference playoffs is 
what kind of Draymond comes back when he does return. If he doesn't play like that same guy, I don't see any path for the Warriors to get all the way through the West. Mm. Nick, speaking of rehab, what what is your take on the Zion Williamson situation? Obviously, J.J. Redick, who played with him in New Orleans, kind of called him out for not communicating with C.J. McCollum. We then found out later on that day that he had been in communication with C.J., but I mean, reports around the organization saying that they, he has not been around practice or shoot-around since the beginning of December. Jay, it's just sad. When I think of the Zion situation and I see the way it's going, as a basketball fan, having watched him at Duke and seen the level he hit there, I feel bad for him. And I give you a, a quick story to that. It was early in the year. We were in San Francisco. The Pelicans were going through a shoot-around and it was about a week or two after that first video of Zion working out came out. And the Pelicans were so concerned. And there might have been three or four writers standing on the floor just waiting uh, to, to talk to a couple people as they got on the bus. The Pelicans were so worried that we were going to take video, that somebody was going to shoot another video, that Zion was sitting in the stands and they had three or four different staffers kind of circle around him so that nobody could see him walk out. And on top of the fact that he's dealing with the injury that he's dealing with right now, he, he just looked so uncomfortable. He looked so big. And you, you hope for his sake that he can lose the weight, get back out, out there on the floor. But I think all the scrutiny is very clearly weighing on him. And as somebody who enjoyed watching him play and, and hopes that they can see him hit that that next stretch of his career, to see that scene play out and then to not having seen him back on an NBA court this year is, is just really sad. You know, Nick, sometimes when, I, when you see top-tier athletes, right? Like I was leaving a game one time and OBJ and I were in the same elevator and he was walking out. His legs just slightly bow-legged, right? Like mm-hmm. Keyshawn's legs slightly bow-legged, like mine, Max, not so much. But I'm just saying like – I am slightly bow-legged. It goes against the theory. <laughs> but when you look at Zion's, it's like he's – He's even more so than pigeon toes. Like it's like almost inverted to a degree. And with that size and that weight he has up top with that different gait below, I feel like that's so concerning. I mean, would you concur on that? No question. And and you watched him walk, Jay, when everything was good. When he did wasn't carrying that extra weight up top. So you just worry even more that that extra weight, when you are jumping up and down and you're putting that kind of stress on your knees. How long can that hold? So I think it is imperative, uh, not just for his future, but for the here and now, that he's got to drop that weight. Uh, and if he doesn't, I don't see how New Orleans or any other team, there's so much focus on, ah, where's, where's Zion going to end up? Any other team that gets him has got to make sure that he's feeling good. If not, they're not going to see anywhere close to his best. Speaking of, speaking of Zion and New Orleans, why does it seem like every player that's a top-tier guy never stays in New Orleans? Everybody gets out of there. The, the short answer key to me is, in all the years that I've covered games down there and talked to people in the organization, there's just not a lot of support. There is not a lot of support for that team. And it's sad because we all know how great New Orleans can be, how much fun it is, but... I just don't feel like guys want to go there and stay there long term because it, you are so far off 
the NBA radar on top of the fact that you just don't have the local support that you have in so many other markets. Nick Friedel with us, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Nick, you, so you're covering the Nets, and you see the formation of, on paper, the best big three ever put together, right? The, on, three unstoppable offensive forces in every facet of offensive play at an unprecedented level, ever. But it didn't work out. I mean, injury and personality and vaccine mandates and whatever else, it just didn't work out. Um, now they got Ben Simmons in there. How would you, who, is, who is, can do things that James Harden can't do, but James Harden is a better player at the moment, how would you report or gauge the excitement level is around the Nets now compared to when they originally put the big three together? This is some kind of a three, if not a giant three. It's probably a big three. Max, I wasn't there in the beginning when Harden got there, but I can tell you, even in the last couple of weeks, this is a team that has had almost a, a rebirth. They feel like as great as James still can be at times, hey, we're all on the same page now. And we believe that this team can do it still this season. And I think the idea that now everybody knows that Kevin is on the way, it's only a matter of time, it feels like, before Kyrie can play in home games, there is that sense of, all these people have written us off, and they've almost forgotten how great KD is. You get everybody back playing at a high level, we'll show you. And we know what kind of motivation that can be for proud pro athletes that have won at the highest levels. Yeah, KD gets healthy to me. Jay, Nick, Key, I, I like the Nets. I mean, you know, if, if KD and Kyrie are I like the, 40, the Lakers. I like the Nets. How about that? <laughs> I like the Lakers in the playing tournament. I, yeah, exactly. I'd say this, Max. I truly think a lot of people have forgotten how good Kevin is when he's right. He's the best player in the world. Healthy. He's yeah. incredible. He gets back at that level. Yeah. LeBron James is the best player in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. That's Nick Friedel, ladies and gentlemen. We're back tomorrow. Perp. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.